I'm Sarah Connolly and yesterday I went to the Nilton Keynes Cyclocross World Cup. Now usually I talk about these things with my friend Dan but he's Australian and cyclocross doesn't exist for him. So I today I'm going to be talking to my absolute very favourite cycling journalist Ben Atkins. Hello Ben. Hello Sarah. <laughs> I first got to know you because you used to be the well I mean it was your women's cycling reporting on Velo Nation back in the day wasn't it? Mm. But Ben knows pretty much everything about women's cycling. He's been going to races, knows all the riders. He writes for Peloton magazine and he's freelance for various other publications. And he's also the press reporter for Wiggle Honda, which is interesting. It is interesting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't manage to meet up at Milton Keynes yesterday because we were around different sides of the course. But how, no. did, you, how did you find it? I it, it was it was brilliant, wasn't it? I mean, it, it every, every time there's a bike event a bike race or anything like that in the UK, everybody sound, almost sounds surprised that it was good. <laughs> and it always is. I mean, you know, the, the, the women's tour, the Tour de France comes, you know, we've had that twice in the last sort of seven or eight years. Mm. The Olympics, you know, everything, whenever there's a, I mean, a sporting event generally, you know, you can see sort of how London turns out for the marathon and everything. Yeah. It, it's always really good. Everybody gets up and everybody's really excited and everybody has a good time and it, and it was fantastic. And I, you know, I knew it was going to be and I'm surprised that nobody else seemed to. <laughs> it, was, it was just this weird I mean I think the reason I didn't get to meet you is you were around the back end of the course weren't you yeah. and I was I started off around the top end of the course because it had the free press wifi <laughs> and having blagged a press pass that's obviously what you have to do Absolutely. yeah I kind of I had the day off really I just kind of went I took the family up there and things and we um, there was two young kids my daughter's seven and my son, son's four so we didn't really want to get in with a melee yeah. Um, apart from the fact that when we did try some crowded areas and stuff, but they can't really see. Yeah. Um, so, but the, I mean, the bottom end of the course, I didn't quite understand why it was so quiet around there, and everybody was piled onto the hill, and we would um, run the back end, and we, you know, we would sort of we'd see it in one bit, and then we'd just run across the field and see it in the other <laughs> bit. And stuff. And it, it, it was great fun. I mean, yeah, we went and looked at the, we watched the pits, and we watched them sort of hosing the bikes down and that kind of stuff. It was, Brilliant I was. I mean, I always think that cyclocross is the most accessible form of cycling, isn't it? I mean, mm. it's. I mean, I, I love track. Track was my gateway drug, and mm. but cyclocross even more so, I guess, on a nice day. Yeah, it's only an hour. Um, having the big screens. Did you have big screens down where you were? No, that was. I suppose that might have been a reason why there was not many people there. We went, the the bit we went was crowded. Yeah, we went and stood under a big screen and stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah, because because yeah. I was because I did the I did that beautiful cyclocross thing where you kind of go and see a different part of the course on every lap, mm. and when I first lined up for it because I was like just below like the start and finish line like you know the, the, with the kind of chicane bits around mm. the bowl, and I was a bit worried when I first rocked up because they had the track of the course and then unlike proper Belgian cyclocross they had this gap between <laughs> mm. between the course and the and the spectators. I was thinking, oh, that's a bit unusual. I wonder why they're doing that. That seems a bit health and safety. Yeah. <laughs> but then it was wonderful. Mm. And I was on the steps for the last set of steps before the finish line for a while. And they were letting the little girls, all the little girls, like sit in the photographer's section. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so it's full of like little girls with cowbells. <laughs> you know, their parents keeping a watchful eye from like mm. the back of the crowd. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was such, it was extraordinary. And I'm still kind of, buzzing from it yeah well it feels strange to have been to a race that good and not been on a ferry <laughs> you know because it, it was a world cup race wasn't it I mean, you know, it was i didn't really i mean you, this obviously the crowd kind of has a noise and you can't really hear 
what's being said, so it could have been all in Flemish. Um, <laughs> but it was it was a World Cup race, and so it felt sort of weird to sort of come home from a World Cup race without going on a ferry or a Eurotunnel or whatever. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's the first time a cyclocross World Cup has been ever held outside mainland Europe, which mm. I hadn't. Re- I don't know. I I'd not really work that out do you know what I mean it was, it was yeah. kind of surprising well, I mean, the world championships has been a, um, you know, in the mm. states a couple of times now isn't it but no actually no it's only once that was the first yeah, time Louisville Louisville the first time we've been in the states and it's been actually that was probably the first time that's been out of mainland Europe as well but it's you know it's spreading I think I mean it's coming on two definite sort of things I mean there's the the US scene and the and the, the European scene they almost sort of clashed all sort of came together rather mm. in, in Milton Keynes in, in the UK because we get a lot of our sort of cycling culture from the States and we get a lot of our cycling culture from the, from Europe. Like, I mean, I'm not a great fan of cowbells, I have to say. <laughs> and they, I mean, that's a definite American thing because I mean, that's all, you know, and they, I mean, there wasn't any yesterday that I, that I saw, but there, a lot of the European cyclists have been, when, when they're riding things like Cross Vegas, they were getting heckled and they were sort of a bit confused by it. Yeah. And that's because that's a US thing because that's come up through the mountain bike culture. Whereas, you know, European cyclocross has got kind of much more of a kind of roadie style sort of origin or whatever. So it's got a bit more, maybe a bit more serious, a bit more perhaps staid and maybe a bit more sort of, you know, boring, some might say. But uh, it doesn't have that kind of thing and it doesn't have the cowbells you know I've still got a bit of tinnitus from those (laughs) (laughs) well it was it was that I thought that people some of the marketing was super clever Um, Mm. I've got three cowbells sitting on my table at the moment you know one was the blue Shimano one and one was the CX Grit one um CX Grit where if you signed up they gave you a bottle of craft brewed beer (laughs) and a cowbell I missed that. <laughs> oh, it was, it was actually really tasty beer as well. And I think people, I, I never even got near the beer tent, which was kind of a failure for a cyclocross race. Mm-hmm. But people were saying that it was actually proper real ale. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, so it's kind of like that. Let's bring a bit of British culture mm. into cross as well. So, you know, while there were the freets and stuff, there was a ton of beer. <laughs> and yeah. Mind you, we, the beer tent were sort of over our end. Liz went to, I, I don't know if they'd, sorry, that's my wife went to, and I don't know if they'd run out a bit, but she was offered Carlsberg or San Miguel, which didn't really seem quite oh, right. Oh, no, that wasn't what it was like at the top. <laughs> Classy, darling. <laughs> I remember they had the, the other stuff and they'd run out. It was, it was a bit late on. Yeah. But they, uh, we, yeah, we'd had a long drive, so I wasn't really drinking, unfortunately. Uh, well, I, I just couldn't. I mean, I, when I was there, I was likening it to two things. One was like some enormous family reunion. And the other thing was like some huge family wedding because I, <laughs> I literally got out, you know, got in, went to the picked up my picked up my creds, left the tent, and within two steps someone stopped me and went, Sarah Connolly, you're Sarah Connolly. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> it's a and, procedure these days. Yeah, but I, it's funny because like someone said to me, Oh well, you're famous here. And it's when I was walking around the, the women's team and it's like, yeah, this is probably one of the smallest, the only places in the world where people know who I am. But I met like thousands, not thousands, but I met tons of people who I knew off Twitter or who knew me off Twitter and that was just that was wonderful, you know. And there was people I'd seen before at races, you know, people I'd seen a lot through to people I'd never met before, but I chatted to. And and that was, that was just, it just made it feel like this really big family event, even though there's thousands and thousands of people there. Yeah. Yeah, and on the other hand, I mean, yeah, we, we were both there, but we were on different parts of the course. And, you know, I mean, I, there were loads of people I know there, but we did we really hardly saw anybody. Yeah, 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 <laughs> just, you yeah. Know, everybody sort of in... 
you're in the crowds or you know if you're on one part of the course you might as well have been in a different town almost yeah yeah and i think a lot of people were hanging around by the trek um the, there was a trek hospitality tent down the bottom mm. and a lot of people were hanging around down there but i didn't even get that far oh, that wasn't far from where we were actually um, yeah there were people by the tent but the rest of the field was quite empty yeah. I think I think what really was surprising me. I don't I don't know why I was surprised by it, but it seemed like people, lots and lots of people bringing their kids, and the kids loving it. Mm. Like, and that was nice. I met um, Owen, who writes for Cycling Weekly, who I've never met before, but obviously I know what he knows from Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and he was there with his little daughter, and there was um there was another there was a couple of other people who were like you know they're there with their kids and. And that seemed really nice as well. I mean, obviously, I'm all in favour of indoctrinating kids into cycling. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, people talking about, you know, one of my daughters liked it because I got her a big bobble hat. And, you know, it, it, it seemed like a really, you know, there, there were people there who obviously had been watching, you know, watching racing and the cyclocross experts in their 70s and stuff like that through to, you know, very, very small girls running around with their cowbells. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I took my kids to the Copperberg Cross last year, um, and they, you know, it was a long day because we drove sort of all the mm. way from the UK to the morning. But you know, they had a great time. We were sort of walking around the comfort vans and watching them warming up, and we were watching Tom Mason warm up. And obviously, my my son's called Tom, so that was quite cool. And we Aww. watched him warm up, and then he went and won. <laughs> and so he's, he's we're a bit of a fan of his in our family. Cause, and so yeah, it was sort of really great to be watching him again yesterday because they. Yeah, they, they can... sort of recognised him and things, and, and, and obviously, just... yeah, they they know Sfinace and you know that, that sort of thing because I sort of witter on about him all the time, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff. And then, you know, obviously, you know, they they know the women as well because, you know, they I think I mean Isabel, Isabel first met Gabby and Helen, Wyman, Duran and Wyman that is um, when she was one I think <laughs> when we took we took her to the we went to the Tour de Lode in two thousand eight. Uh-huh. When Isabel was one, and and uh, yeah, she, so she's she's known them since then. I think so. It's, <laughs> it's just sort of really nice to sort of take them to see the see them race in a sort of proper big race. Yeah, oh. for change. Well, Helen said that she couldn't get out of her. You know, she couldn't even get out of her camper van without being mobbed by about thirty people. <laughs> and it was really. I mean, I'd seen you know seen how Helen had been treated at the um, Friends Life Women's Tour because obviously she's a bit of a she's a bit of a star. And she's a bit of a social media star, so she has like a lot. She has a big fan club, doesn't she? Yeah. But she said this was like nothing she'd ever experienced. They just, <laughs> you know, there she was part of a team, but here it was just for her. Yeah. And it was it was kind of fascinating to see. And I'm the, so looking around the camper vans because they're all parked up close together. I think, you know, you, you kind of have. I I did see Sven Nace twice. <laughs> Yeah. Sven rode past me like like a meter away Ooh. from me. I mean, my knees went a bit weak because I am a massive <laughs> Sven fan girl. But yeah, it was it was kind of interesting because I mean I've never seen the women in real life uh, that yeah, apart from people like, you know people like Helen. And that's not true, but not the cyclocross women. So you know yeah. when you see someone like Sabrina Stultians and Sophie De Boer and Sana Kan, so they look exactly like they do in the photos. <laughs> well, that, that's the, I mean that was the funny thing about Milton Keynes because. I mean, you, if you go to a cross race in Belgium, I mean, I, 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 I was, I was going to talk about it next. I guess I think the the the, the sort of the the, em, the preeminence of um, you know the the, the, the way Sanacant's going this year is fantastic for mm. the sport itself because it, you know, it, you know we've got you know there's a big scene in the states. It's kind of growing all over the place. But if we want the the sport to be big in its heartland, and I, I think we do, mm. then it needs it needs the Belgian women to be up there and 
you know, not necessarily winning all the time, but up there fighting for the wins. And, you know, we need sort of high profile Belgian women racing because if we want sort of proper events and, you know, sort of proper wages for people and, you know, proper prize money and things, then the Belgians have got to be interested. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So we need people like, you know, Santa Kant and obviously Ellen Van Loy. Jolien Versuren is, is kind of really sort of seems to be coming through this year and obviously, you know, Gitta Nichols is... Mm. Yeah, um, loose cells before her. Yeah, she, she tore her meniscus or something in the first race out, apparently. Ouch. <laughs> um, yeah, and and so, um, but you know, I mean, it is. I mean, I, I've you know, been, you know, I've noticed over the last few years, it is getting, it is getting bigger, and people are sort of paying more attention to the women and stuff because there used to be a time where you go to a, a cross race in Belgium and the only guys at the at the barriers were the ones who were there to kind of reserve their place for the men's race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it's, it's changing. It's getting more and more and more. But it still is the sort of thing you can rock up to a race in Belgium and you can just walk up to the Wyman Mobile and just stand there and have, you know, have a, have a, I mean, Steph's always up for a drink anyway, isn't he? But, you know, <laughs> you, you can stand there and you can have a chat with them and things like that. You know, you sort of drink, drink in Geneva with Katie Compton, that kind of thing. Um, because there's no, not really anybody else around. Whereas, you know, there's, you can't get near Sven Nace, whereas it was kind of almost seemed like it was the opposite yesterday mm. because because our stars, I mean, no disrespect to Fieldy, he's a you know, great rider and he's I mean he's on the on the app as well, our champion and so obviously a lot of our domestic riders and things. But our stars are, are the guys like Helen Wyman, Nick, Nicky Harris, Gabby Durin, and mm. you know all the others. Um, and so it almost seemed like there were more people there to watch the women's race than they were for the men's. You know, in, yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, or certainly. Certainly, they'd come for both rather than, you know, oh, we watch this one as well. They yeah. sort of definitely, yeah, yeah. They definitely knew what they were coming to see. Yeah, and, and the, I mean, they were just the cheers from people who, because as they people who they didn't really know who anyone was, and, but they were, and it was a Brit, they were going absolutely crazy for them. <laughs> so those, those girls in the British cycling kit just mm. got, um, oh, that was a funny thing actually. And, you know, those girls in the British cycling kit got cheered enormously. No, we, were, we were walking around the camper vans. And you're looking around and, you know, Katie's out there doing her warm up in front of the thing with, you know, with, with her husband, you know, getting changed in the car and stuff. And Helen's out there and Sophie de Boer's there. And the, the Dutch, there was the, the Dutch Fed were supporting Sophie and I guess Reza Holmes. And I can't remember who the third one was and a couple of and the Orange Babies riders. Mm. And then British Cycling had this little, little, little ensemble set away with masses of tape really far around it. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, bless your heart you're not really understanding cyclocross are you <laughs> but but it was kind of like you know if, if someone if someone looked like they were british the crowd were just going crazy for them you know yeah. even if they were like half a lap back you know and that was that was kind of a nice thing too i mean i got to admit when i first heard those interview course in Milton Keynes, i was a little bit worried because i think last time cyclocross came to britain it was the european championships a couple of years ago mm. And that wasn't a very tough course, was it? No, no, it was a little bit underwhelming, I think. Anyway. Yeah, it wasn't very exciting. So I'd kind of had this slight, slight worry that, oh, well, Milton Keynes, that doesn't sound very hilly. Mm. <laughs> Is the course going to be tough enough? But that course yeah. was almost like sort a roundabout. Yeah, it was fantastic, wasn't it? It was absolutely amazing because it kind of had everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the off, lots of off-camber sections. They apparently made one of the off-camber sections safer because it had just got too muddy. Yeah, I the mud was lovely because it was really sticky. Yeah, it was. I think had it rained for another couple of days, it would have been much more slippery and possibly a bit easier to ride. Yeah, but because it had been drying out for a couple of days, it got really kind of 
heavy. Yeah, and it was hard enough walking up, for example, a grassy bank or walking across the mud from the press tent to the beer tent or something. Um, and you're like, how do people actually run in this carrying oh. their bikes? <laughs> And especially it was so, and it was that kind of mud that doesn't form ruts, wasn't it? It was all sticky mm. and churny and and horrible and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were at the bottom of the, you know, where there was the long run up. I'm actually staring at the picture on the homepage of the, the UCI cyclocross page at the moment mm. with the long run up, and then they sort of went across a bit and came down, sort of almost the same thing. We were at the bottom of that for the last couple of laps, and um, I was, well, I've got some <laughs> lovely view of Pavla Havlikova. Um, just losing it at the bottom and coming off and things, but the, the, that was the only really the, the off camber bit and that corner were the only really slippery bits, I think. Really, yeah. Otherwise, it was just really hard and hard. You could see sort of how tired everybody was getting at the yeah. end. But it, but it was an interesting course because I kind of feel like because I was comparing it because today they had the Flandering Flandrian Cross in yeah. Hammer, didn't they? And it was kind of like you know by on the last lap there was a massive great big bunch of them still. And I kind of feel like a course where you end up with like two riders or three riders dueling right to the end, that's almost like my ideal race. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, the, 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 the flying across there, there wasn't, there wasn't all that much sort of in the way of climbing or, or even dismounting on it, really. And it was, you know, very flat and it's, very, it's been so dry in Flanders this year so far that there's not, been, there's not much mud about. And so, there's, you know, you, end up, you do end up almost like road races. Mm. Um, but yeah, you, you chuck in some hills, and you know, even if there isn't any mud, you can, you know, it's still it's, you get a selective race, and that was um, it was always going to be a selective race. Yeah, but to kind of come down, I mean, that was like it's interesting watching some of the big screen because everything you do at home to your laptop, oh, you know, you're suddenly hearing repeated <laughs> all around the bowl. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> when people came off or kind of yeah. had, had moments, but you know that that last that final sprint. When oh, yeah. I was re-watching it today, and when Katie came around the corner first, I thought she had it. But Sana, you know, yeah, coming think... back, that bike toss at the end, across the oh, line. Was... She wanted that, didn't she? <laughs> she really, really wanted it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, don't, I, mean I, I haven't heard anything of Katie say anything. I don't know if she thought she'd got it or anything like that, because I don't think she would have relaxed at all until she got to the no, line. But no, no. She's never been famous for a sprint no. well, this at all is... anyway. Well, this is um, what... Yeah. Yeah, she's so, a big because because if you, I mean, how would you describe him? Because I was I was telling someone about this and I was saying, Casey Compton, she's a diesel rider, isn't she? She's all about yeah, power. Absolutely. She just she yeah. just winds up and keeps going. Whereas Sana, especially this year in the last couple of races, is is this really clever rider, isn't she? Yeah, just really, yeah, just seems. I mean, I was going to say punchy, but she's not always punchy. She can do the diesel. She seems to have kind of got pretty much everything in her game this year. I mean, I think. As well, also, you know, you do have to kind of temper that a little bit with the fact that Sarah was pretty sick last week in Coxsider, wasn't she? Yeah. And, did I say Sarah? Yes, you did. You meant Katie. I, did. I, I you, knew what yes. you meant. Katie was pretty sick, sick last week in, uh, in, in Coxsider and she was on antibiotics and stuff, wasn't she? But she still managed to grind a, sort of, was it an eighth or something out of that. Yeah. And so, you, you know, I, I don't know if she was completely back to full fitness this, this yeah. week. You know, no. and so many races this year that she's kind of almost sort of had to carry a bike for half a lap or come off or just got blocked or just had a nightmare it's just had so many nightmarish starts yeah and then just ground her way through and won like like yeah. she did Falkenberg so you know maybe if she'd been you know maybe she was only 90% or something if she'd been 100% she could have ridden away with it I don't know yeah but, but that's uh, cyclocross though isn't it yeah 
I mean, I mean, what, what, what fascinates me is they've got this very, very, very long season, like two races in a weekend, um, you know, every weekend, like from what, um, from November, uh, then yeah. three races in a week in Christmas. And then it, it's like, you have to, you must have to pick when you, when you peak. Yeah. And that must yeah. be very, very difficult to do because to win the world cup, you've got to be on it for every world cup race. Yeah. Well, that, that was always Fernandez's reason for never winning, for hardly winning the World Championships, is that he would be, he'd win all year, mm. and then by the time yeah, the, the end of January comes around, he's so knackered that the guys that have been pacing themselves just just would take the words off him. Yeah, and I think you know that you, there's a certain extent um, there's there's you know there's a lot of riders that that try and be competitive all year, and and there are a lot of them that try and peak. And I, I mean, I had a woman tries to peak. Yeah. Sort of kind of three times because she wants she always wants to win the Coppenberg Cross. Mm. Partly because it's her local race and obviously this year there was a lot of prize money. Um and then she wants to you know, she wants to keep her, her nationals jersey and then she wants to, you know, wants to win the worlds. Yeah. Um so I think this week for her, she was almost sort of kind of on the on a you know, a sort of a down bit. But then she probably I mean, she's obviously would have been targeting this race. Um but she's had a Sort of quite a lot of bad luck, hasn't she, this year? Oh, yeah, uh, crashes and crashes and crashes. She crashed in Goldenberg. She was the first rider down on the first lap of, um, of, of the race yesterday, sort of on the, on the off camber section. Mm. Um, and never really kind of got back from that. So, you know, I mean, she's, she's probably one that, I mean, she would have been targeting it, obviously, but then might have been sort of thinking, well, you know, I don't want it to disrupt the rest of my targets. Yeah. Whereas I think Nikki actually is one of the ones. That does try and race all year and tries to race all year, to win all year. I think she's, very, you know, she's on a Belgian team, sort of very sort of Belgian mentality to her racing, I guess. Yeah, but she's kind of in for the last couple of years has been sick and stuff around worlds, hasn't she? Mm. And that's the trade-off. I mean, I don't know. This season's really fascinating to me. Really, really interesting. I mean, mm. I, I guess when I first started watching cyclocross, it was. Um, Hanka Kupfernagel's last, you know, kind of final yeah. golden days, and Daphne Vandenbrand, and you know, and Mariana Voss, and that kind of that it was, and you know, a bit of Katie Compton, and then with Vandenbrand and you know, Hanka kind of basically, well, getting older basically, and 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 ill, and and Daphne retiring to have you know, to have to have a baby. It, it's been interesting because last year Katie was so dominant, wasn't she? Like just she just win the World Cups. And then Mariana came back to win the world champs. Yeah. But but this year, like, we've just had so much. It's been so interesting. And I know <laughs> Sana Kant, she's won, like, seven, 11 races this year. Yeah. But, but she's her. not... But she's not the dominant, you know. She's she's the she's a rider on form right now, but you look at the spread of wins because you know Helen's won. Helen won a couple, I think, and Nikki Nikki won one last weekend, didn't she? Yeah. And, and obviously Sophie de Boer won uh won won Koppenberg and was in the leaders' jersey for this one. And you know Sabrina Stoltians uh, coming second in Cockside. Mm-hmm. And you know it was it was like it's both it's Kant's first World Cup win at Cockside. And Sophie's first win ever, and it's, mm. it's uh, Sabrina. I think maybe Sabrina's first podium as an elite. I'm not sure, but certainly first World Cup podium. Yeah, anyway. definitely. And that's that just makes me so excited because yeah, we don't know what you know. We don't. There's no one rider who I think. I mean, obviously Sana Khan is is fun, is being fantastic, but she's not like. I mean, she's leading the World Cup, but she's not leading the World Cup in a way that she couldn't lose it. Do you know what I mean? No, no, no. I mean, it's it's. 
I mean, she, well, she had a bit of a nightmare in Valkenburg, didn't she? Mm. Um, so, yeah, Compton won. And then Compton had a nightmare in Coxider. Yeah. And Sophie, while she didn't win, she took the lead. And that, you know, so it's, and then Sophie turned out had a nightmare. Yeah, Sophie had a real nightmare out there yesterday. <laughs> yeah, she? I mean, she's, she's got a shoulder injury, hasn't she, I think. And um, so she just, I mean, I kept seeing her sort of, why is she so far back? Why is she so far back? Didn't look unusually yeah. dirty, so I didn't assume she hadn't really crashed that much. And I think she just didn't really enjoy herself at all. No, she didn't. And, and I was really... but. But I think the interesting thing, again, is like because she'd been on form for... I mean, I think Helen once told me you can't be on form for the whole of November. No. So, you know, Sophie winning Koppenberg and and, and, and is just... And, and coming, you know, coming... I mean, that was an interesting thing too, isn't it? I mean, look at these races. Sophie won Koppenberg and was third in Cockside, which is completely different races. Mm. Sanna won Cockside last week. I mean, you know, it's not a surprise when she wins a sand race, is it? No, no. But and but then to go from a sand race to win this one, and then to win um, Hammer, which is a gra- you know pretty much a grass crit, isn't it? Mm. Um, it's really they have to be so versatile. Mm. Yeah, we well, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's as you say. I mean, Santa, Santa loves the sand, and then I mean, she's got her bronze medal at the Worlds in Coxide a couple mm. of years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean the the. I think it was a funny old race today, actually. I mean, obviously, we only saw a couple of minutes of the women, but watched the whole men's race. It was a sort of really strange one. Yeah. Sort of, um, I think they're changing a lot of the courses this year, because I sort of look at them and think, I don't remember this, I don't remember this bit. It was a completely was, different course yeah. this year to, to normally, because it used to be Hammerzog, didn't Hammerzoga, didn't it? Mm. And this is now the Quadro Flandrian Cross. Yeah. And it's not in Zoga, it's in Hammer. And I, I, I didn't, I mean, it wasn't, it, it's been interesting, because that weekend when you had Koppenberg on Saturday and Zonhoven on the Sunday, mm. which are both, I don't know, the, you know, like epic and iconic at overuse oh, yeah. in cycling, but, <laughs> well, but they yeah. are completely legendary races. I can't even imagine how you go from, you know, the cobbled climbs of Koppenberg to the sandpit of death of Zonhoven. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, who do you think is going to win overall? What's your bet? For the, I mean, the what, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, who's going to win the World Cup? Do you think Katie will come back for Namur and? Yeah, or, or do you think? I mean, and do you think? Do you think Mariana will come back and win the world? Um, I think. I think. I think Katie's got a bit more in her legs than she had yesterday. I think she's not completely recovered from whatever it was that she mm. was suffering from in Coxider. So I think she probably will. I'm trying to remember what happened last year at, uh, at Namo. I think you know she's usually pretty good at Namo. It's a real kind of horrible hard race that she's, <laughs> that she's kind of good at. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, Zolder as well. I mean, it, it really depends on what, I mean, Mariana's sort of, you know, she's only really going to be doing a month of racing, which again is one of those things where, you, you know, you're fresher than a lot of people at the Worlds. Mm. And even, you know, even when she does a full season, she's pretty unbeatable when you get there, you know, on, on anything that she wants to win. Yeah. So it's, it, um, yeah, it, it really it depends. I mean, if if she does come back and she's you know she's serious about the racing and stuff, which you can't imagine her not be, then it's <laughs> difficult to see anybody else taking the rainbow jersey off her. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think Katie will probably will recover enough to take the World Cup again. Yeah, but it's not going to be easy for her, which is good. You know. Is it? Yeah. I mean, the disappointing thing for me about the World Cup this year is this year is there's only six races in it. Yeah, it's got um, really small, hasn't it? Obviously, the, the I mean, the Worlds is in Tabor this year, so yeah. there's but that doesn't mean we couldn't have had a Pilsen race. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we, there's no Italian race this year. There's no French race this year. Yeah. It's kind of strange. 
Well, but then there's no Italian riders or French riders in there, really. But, well, oh, yeah, hang Sorry, hang on. I see, I, you know, I was forgetting about Lucy Chanel-Lefebvre and Canel, uh, Caroline Manny as well. You know who but, else you uh, forgot about, don't you? Pauline Fran Prevost. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I haven't forgot about her, but she's not been racing. No, it? but can you, do you think oh. Pauline could... I mean, do you think there's a chance Pauline comes back in December and wins Worlds? I mean, she's done it once this year already. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a chance. I mean, she's, you know... A, genuine star genuine talent I don't I mean I don't know if she could beat Mariana on you know because obviously Mariana wasn't really 100% or even 90% I don't think in Ponferrada no so I think on her day she's got to be absolutely everybody but you know you never know with uh, with Pauline she's some um, massive talent keeps surprising us so you know yeah well, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was funny because I was, there was one of the, one of the cyclocross, sorry, the, the mountain bike cross-country World Cup that she won, um, and uh, it, the first one that she won, I think it was Rob Warner on the call, she's come out of nowhere. It's like, yeah, she was two times, two times junior World Mountain Cup champion. <laughs> she's not come out of nowhere, love. <laughs> she's come out of somewhere I wasn't looking yeah <laughs> but to be fair this is why I love Rob Warner because he's the kind of person where you say something like this on Twitter and he's like oh my goodness I didn't know that thank you so much that's super yeah. helpful he probably thinks fuck off and die but he's, <laughs> it's just like so nice about it but yeah it's it's been a I mean I just wanted to talk about the track as well because we've kind of seen an interesting thing on the track too where that seems a little bit more unpredictable doesn't it but it, yeah it's it's Sorry, I was interrupting there. Yeah. It's it's the sort of mid Olympic cycle thing. So you know the trackies are really unpredictable, and you know the the big stars are trying to they're trying to rest, but not so much that they can't qualify for things. It's kind of re- weird, really. Yeah, I mean, I think that the UCI are changing the rules because I mean, in the past, for people who don't follow track. Um, qualification for the Olympics was done on your country. So there was an awful lot of sending, you know, second string riders out to rate to, to the competitions no one really rated to rack up the points while, you know, Chris Hoy or or, or Vicky Pendleton could stay at home and just rock up twice. <laughs> mm. Although, I mean, to, to a certain extent, I think that was quite a good thing, for particularly for the endurance riders, because you get, you know, you get a lot of sort of younger riders would get World Cup experience. Mm. Um and whatever, and and that would stand them in good stead for sort of challenging for places at the Worlds and Olympics later on. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the, if, you know, looking at, you know, the, well, let's say the, the, the four at the moment, tra- the GB team pursuit of, um, you know, Roussel, Barker, Trot, and um, Archibald, if all four of those have got to keep going to the World Cups and World Cups, then we're not going to get any more riders coming yeah. through who, you know, who are going to take over when, you know, I mean, mind you, they're all still, still so young, but say, you know, I mean, Joe Rousel's getting married this year, so perhaps, you know, maybe after Rio she thinks perhaps I'll have some kids now, so she'll, you know, take a few years out and suddenly we're going, oh, no, we've only got three riders. <laughs> you know, well, so... Yeah, yeah. It, and- yeah, it was quite a good thing, but at the, at the same time, as you say, you know, you, you just sort of, somebody puts their feet up for three years and then rocks up and wins the Olympic. yeah. And, and I guess, I mean, I was talking to Becky James's dad, because um, Becky, obviously a young sprint star, she's had a terrible, terrible year, hasn't she? Because she had to have um, cancerous cells, you know, um, cancerous cells removed from her, from her, didn't she? From her, she had a cervical, can- you know, cervical cancerous cells. And then when she came back, she pushed the training too hard and she's injured herself. And and her dad said that that she think he thinks she might not get on back back on the bike this season to race. 
And mm. while on the one hand it's great because it's mid-Olympic cycle, okay, if you're going to have something terrible happen, then 2014 isn't a bad, you know, is probably, you know, obviously 2013 might be a better year for it to mm. happen, but 2014 is not a bad year for it to happen. But then on the other hand, will she be able to rock up the qualifications? Mm. And, and then when you look at, like, Guadalajara, which was, you know, Christina Vogel literally had to pull out after the first day because of massive food poisoning caused by the hotel, which mm. kicked out about three or four teams, didn't it? Mm. Absolutely, yeah. So when the entire German team went down, I can't remember yeah. exactly who it was, but there were quite a lot of them, I think. Yeah, because so because Christina and Miriam had had, Christina Vogel and Miriam Welder had had the, the fastest qualifying time in the team sprint, and then they didn't race <laughs> the yeah. final. Like, it was, it was um, although that's great for their second rider, I've forgotten her name off the top of my head, but that was good for her, because at least she gets the silver mm. medal points out yeah. of it. I think, I think the German team pursuit team was 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 up for a, a possible sort of bronze qualification as well and they, yeah. they kind of had to sort of skulk off yeah but I, I was really weirded out by china doing so well in the team pursuit because that literally came out of nowhere mm. and i was trying to work out whether they've like taken some massive step up or whether it's just that some of the major opposition was you know head over the toilet rather than <laughs> yeah i mean there, there's, there's probably a certain amount of a bit of both possibly and there's also, I mean, there is also the, the fact that in a mid-Olympic cycle, you know, nobody really wants to go as fast as they normally would do because yeah. they're trying to sort of try to ramp down and then ramp up again or whatever. Yeah. I mean, well, again, I was, you know, I was saying to you earlier that the, the, the British team pursuit team is unusual in that there's so much competition for places because you've got yeah. the four of thing, yeah, so Rouse will trot Barker and Archibald, and then but then suddenly Kira Horn is sort of stuck ahead above the parapet, yeah, and Amy yeah. Roberts was part of their winning team as well. Yeah, suddenly this and Danny King will obviously be trying to get her place back for, for Rio as well. So there's there's seven of them, so they're all kind of trying to trying not to slow down too much because they don't want to lose their place to one of the others. Yeah, yeah, and and it's a pretty brutal setup, isn't it? Of British cycling, I've got. I mean, we saw it with the Olympics with Wendy Hoovenagel, who was one of those riders who basically, you know, Wendy never stopped between 2008 and 2012, did she? She was out there pushing and pushing and pushing, and then when they didn't, you know, give her a ride in the Olympics, so she couldn't score a medal. Mm. That was quite, you know, that was quite harsh. And yeah. British Cycling would say, oh, well, it's because we need to be the best in the world. But I think it's going to be interesting for Roussel and Trot and um, Joe Roussel, Trot and King, who've been kind of golden girls for so long, to to suddenly not have that. I mean, I don't think they've ever taken it for granted. I think they've had to fight for their places. But it's a bit brutal for poor Danny, isn't it? It is, actually, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm feel, I mean Danny's had a horrible year. I mean, obviously... The worst bit of it was uh, was uh, last month with that horrible crash where she broke so like ten. Well, I don't know if it was ten ribs, but ten fractures anyway, and, and oh. punctured her lung and stuff. And she was in hospital for was, a week, wasn't she? Yeah, she was, well, she was in ITU for three, four days. Oh. But I mean, Danny being Danny, she was straight up on the They put her on it. She managed to jump onto a, um, a sort of static bike, with, still with her <laughs> chest drain sort of thing on the floor beside her, pedalling away. Oh, Danny's but, so. Uh, that photo she put up of herself in ICU where she had that kind of typical Danny two thumbs up enormous smile yeah. wearing her oxygen mask. I know. <laughs> She's oh, so I don't think I've ever seen her not smiling. Mm. She's no, such actually, a, it's, it doesn't happen very often. Oh, that was awful, awful. Mm -hmm. I mean, poor, poor woman. And especially to kind of it to come on the back of being, you know, kicked off the track team. Yeah. Oh, she must just be 
Yeah. I, I just hope she can come back stronger. I hope she has an amazing year next year. Yeah, I mean, from from a sort of slightly selfish perspective, I mean, actually, partly with my Wiggle Hunter hat on, and partly not. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing Danny get stuck in on the road because I think she's yeah. an awesome rider. And I yeah. think yeah, there's a certain extent. I mean, it, track racing's great, but I think there's a lot of talent gets wasted on concentrating on the track sometimes. I mean, yeah, yeah you, you've seen what what happens when Laura races on the road. You know, the, the the nationals this year and that kind of stuff. She just, you know, she's just an incredible rider. The first, her first ever race for Wiggle Honda, sort of, you know, beginning of 2013 was Dottigny. Mm. A break went in the first 10k, and she was in it. <laughs> you know, she, I mean, she only got fourth in the end, which is, you know, possibly probably she was probably massively distraught and disappointed with. But um, you know, it's just she just got this brain that, that and and obviously the you know the the legs to match. Um, and you think, well, God, if, if we could just get them on the road more often, it would yeah. be awesome. Well, um, so Danny's going to do some great things this year, I hope. Yeah. Well, this is what's interesting also. This is both track and Wiggle Honda, so hurrah for me and my segueing. But Yolene Dora, because um, mm. I, I interviewed her a couple of weeks ago, and she was saying, because she's had this incredible year, hasn't she? She won mm. on the road. She won um, a stage at the Bowls Rental Ladies Tour and was, you know, was on the podium a load of times. She had her first big win. Where was her first big win? It was, she's had some, you oh, know. I should know this. I've been writing press releases about Julian. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to have to do more and more of that. But I she's, think so. But she's an interesting one because she's oh, yeah. cobbles and cobbles and track. Mm. And I guess you've got like Kirsten Field, who's, I mean, Kirsten's track doesn't seem to have gone so well. And I was wondering if she was that, uh, was food poisoned in Guadalajara. But you, that's interesting because when you look at someone like Yolene, who can do both, who's doing mm. both, mm. and she was talking about how her season will go, how she thinks, you know, she can balance the, you know, her focus is going to be, you know, spring classics, nationals, that kind of thing. That was that's interesting that she can do that cobbled chaos versus controlled velodrome, and <laughs> you know first comes second in in the Euros in the Omnium and nearly win you know having led for so yeah. long and then and then to win Guadalajara is yeah I'm mm. I'm I'm interested in I'm interested in that yeah I think I think the great thing for Yuli and for the, with the Omnium is that they've now they've rearranged it and the points race is so much more important yeah because um, you know. Obviously, genetically being a Belgian, she's really <laughs> but you know, I think yeah, she's she's kind of come up through that sort of that kind of um, culture, I guess, of yeah. know, the points races and like yeah, bunch of, you know, the, that kind of tactical now that they have to have to ride a decent points race. So I think you know, she, I mean, she's obviously no slouch in the, the things like I mean, she, the, at the um, Again, six recently, she won six out of six in the women's omnium, but yeah. not entirely sure what the competition was like. But you know, she she can really do a good pursuit and she can do a good half kilo and stuff. Mm. But it's those sort of bunch races where you know you have to have, you know, you have to really kind of know what you know, see the moves and go for the moves and make the moves. Is I think you know the sort of thing that's really good for her. So to have the points races that so decisive event at the end of it is is really good for her. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm so excited about Julian uh, <laughs> coming to Wiggle Honda next year. Yeah, I'm so excited about so many of the riders coming. Well, actually, I, I, I mean, I know that you don't, you know, you're, you're not the person that makes the decisions at Wiggle Honda, but I am confused by Wiggle Honda next year. <laughs> it's like because on the sprint side, you've got okay, I can see how Georgia Bronzini, Jeannie, and Yolian fit in because Georgia 
is there for things like is is there for the kind of climbing race sprints with climbs in them and the kind of classic Italian Giro style sprint? Anything when it's not raining. Yeah, and Yolian's <laughs> there. Yolian's there for the cobbles and the brutal Dutch, you know, the brutal echelons and stuff like that. But then you've also got Nettie Edmondson and and Chloe Hosking. Yeah. And then you've got Elisa Longo Borghini, who um, there, there, there was this dude who wrote the press release. <laughs> <laughs> and when he wrote the press release, it kind of implied she was there as a Giro contender, the Giro contender. But then you've also got Mara Abbott. I know. How? How? What? What the fuck's going on, Ben? I think, well, I think we're covering our bases. Um, <laughs> you know, I, again, we're talking about riders excited to work with. I mean, I'm so excited that Elise is coming this year. Yeah. Just, I mean, I've, like I said, I've been a fan of hers since that Het Newsblad. Which year was it? It was 2011, was it? 2012. When, when this sort of, who's that girl in the orange and blue? And, you know, obviously she came fourth because she doesn't have a sprint at the moment. Yeah. But, you know, it was just sort of, oh, my God, this sort of really young Italian girl. She just looks really exciting. I've been yeah. watching her ever since. And, you know, I was so lucky to be at, uh, at the Trophy of Binder last year when it was. <laughs> I say lucky because oh. I stood out in the piercing rain for several hours. Yeah, yeah, um, getting drowned the in worst conditions I think I've ever seen at a race. <laughs> and she just flew through it and it was just amazing to see so yeah I mean I, I think I mean the Giro if you go in with two leaders you know you it, you know it, it can work for you and against you I think you know I think we'll, we'll, the team will be able to sort of hopefully um, sort of look after both of them and look after both their ambitions and I don't oh. I'm not sure it's going to be one of those sort of let the road decide things but yeah but you've got to look you know. after both of them and you've also got to have a sprint train for Bronzini and well, I, think, I, I mean, know the Giro is more of larger. Is it eight riders at the Giro or seven? I can never remember. I'm rubbish. It's eight. Eight riders at the Giro. Seven. We only had seven this year, but it, it is eight. Yeah, but 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 like, so I know you've got two extra than the average six woman team, but but it's kind of like you're sitting there going, okay, so well, you've got your. I mean, Audrey Audrey Cordon is just to to me. She was one of the best riders this year. She was such a perfect domestique. Yeah. Like just watching her, and I think it was in the in stage one of the Giro where she was really just going for it and killing herself and committed and loving it. And then <laughs> in Worlds when she was riding for Pauline, that was just I Audrey so Audrey okay, so Audrey and Elisa, they can they work together. And but then Mara seems to need a lot of shepherding to the clients because the difference between Ma Elisa and Mara is that Elisa can get into the brakes and is a very very clever rider, isn't she? Mm. She's not got the fastest sprints and she's not got the best climb climb, but she is so clever. Mm. Whereas Mara kind of has Mara's, you know, like, like Casey Compton, isn't she? You put her at the bottom of the climb and she just rah, up to the top yeah. of it. But I can't. I don't know. How is it going to work, Ben? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm very interested to see. It's. I mean, we've got we've got a good team to look after. Both both. Of, I mean, Georgia and uh, and sort of Mara. I mean, it, it, uh, ignoring where Elisa fits in as a GC thing or as a sort of stage boruder or whatever. I don't know, but. Um, you know, we've got, I mean, you know, Miyuko, just Miyuko Hagawara, that is, just came on so far last year. I mean, she was a bit out of her depth in 2013, mm. sort of first proper season in Europe and things. But last year, she just really blossomed. And she's just, you know, she, I mean, she's everybody's favourite domestique. Whatever the type of rider, she's Georgia's favourite domestique. She was, you know, mm. the climbers, you know, everything. She, um, she just worked so hard for everybody else. But at the same time, she just, as a sort of, you know, riding for herself, at the Giro, just really, really, uh, sort of, you know, just 
blossomed, I guess. So you know, she'll yeah. be there to, to to work for everybody and everything. You know, and again, we've got you know, we've got Audrey, we've got you know, you know, Amelia Farlin, the world's greatest, most powerful domestique, and you know. So you know, we, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of hard workers in there as well as as well as the sort of glamorous sort of race winners and things. Yeah. And, you know, not not that they're not glamorous race winners themselves. So you know, it's it's. You know, it, it, there's a lot of sprinters. There's a lot of you know, potentially two Giro contenders, but you know, it, I'm sure there'll be a balance. Yeah, I mean, will <laughs> they? Will they? Will they have a? Do you, do you know if they're going to be sending a team over to the America? Because, I mean, that block of American racing is really nice, isn't it? The, yeah, the, I mean, I I don't know at the moment if the team will be going over to do sort of some of them or all of them or you know, or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it, it, for for you know, as a the sort of piece of the season it's really nice isn't it so it's, yeah. it's, in the, it's sort of two little stage races and the world cup and the canadian races and things yeah the north american because i mean i missed i missed i think when i first started watching on this cycling you had you know the gp grand uh, de, de grand montreal and the, mm. the the tour of montreal and the tour of prince edward island and there was that kind of canadian yeah canadian part of the season but yeah. but kind of going from i mean i don't know what tour of cali will be i mean I know they're saying it's going to be a women's race, and and then that could mean anything from th- three crits, yeah. To a to. I mean, I don't think it's it's not got UCI classification, has it yet? I but, don't know. It's not on the calendar yet. So, no. no. But those UCI races that they have got, I'm, I'm mm. so happy. Philadelphia Classic, Philly Classic is in yeah. World Cup. How cool is that, Ben? They, they sort of yeah. They they almost didn't want anyone to find out about that, did they? It sort of suddenly you looked at the list of World Cup races and there was an extra one on it. Yeah. And suddenly there was a sort of a. You know, unless I suddenly don't get UCI press releases anymore, they sort of wrote a nice story for the website about the, this new World Cup, and they've changed the name of the World Cup. Have you noticed that? No. Ah, that's. A, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just looking up here. It's, it's, um, yeah. There's a nice, lovely article about this new um, um, World Cup race in, you know, and it was like, well, hang on, really? you didn't tell us it was going to be a World Cup race, but actually, I'm just <laughs> grabbing the. Oh, where is it gone? Where is it gone? Where is it gone? Oh, I can't find it. <laughs> There's a story on there about the. Um, let's talk about something else for a few minutes yeah. while I find it. Well, no, um, I, mean, I just well, I want to say about how I found about Philly because I literally found out about it because one of my friends said, "Hey, Sarah, it's on the calendar as a World Cup." Mm. And I looked at it and I googled and I've got good Google. I mean, you have to have good Google food to be a women's cycling fan, don't you? You've got to be yeah. good at the Google skills. And so I used my internet detective skills and just couldn't find anything. But like, like there was no press release from the race and there was nothing on USA Cycling and there's nothing on the UCI website. And it's just like, well, but yeah, but oh God, it's going to be fantastic. That's that would be a fun race to see. And I just love the idea of the race organisers running around and finding the Manning, you know, making up the Manning Yunk wall. <laughs> <laughs> but but equally I love that they've I think now they've changed the course around so that it finishes on the wall it's a much more interesting race to watch yeah although but, I mean there's a, there's a big conversation on, on the men's side of the sport as well about sort of finishing finishing races on the top of climbs they're taking the, the you know the Ardennes classics mm. um, obviously they've moved um, the finish of, of Amstel Gold, sort of that sort of kilometre and a half past the top of the Kalberg mm. where they had the 2012 Worlds. But, uh, but effectively, you know, Liège, but especially Flesch, is basically, you know, let's ride around Belgium for a bit and then we'll have a race <laughs> up this climb. Uh, you know, and it, it sort of, um, it, you know, it's, I mean, the women's race actually 
funnily enough, is more interesting than the men's race in that kind of thing yeah. because it's shorter. there is always so much more of a fight. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's a fight to get um, to. I mean, Linda this year. No, was it Linda last year? Or was it? No, it's this year, wasn't it? She year. Where, yeah. where she kind of just broke away and and mm-hmm. and killed. I think she's done that before. Um, and but you know, getting caught halfway up the moor and then and then that attack. Yeah, yeah. But I guess because the women's race is so much shorter that they've got, we say this a lot, don't they, but they've got a lot more energy to attack and to yeah. kind of go for it. And I mean, oh God, I can never, ever get, but I could never, ever get bored of watching go, people go right up the moor. It's just, yeah. I, I don't care about the rest of the race. The moor de Huy is just, it's just epic. Well, it, 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 there almost isn't the rest of the race, but I mean, yeah. the, in the women's race there is, because you can, you get attacks like Linda's one. And um, with the year that um, Evie Stevens won it, it was 2012, wasn't it, when she, um, she was now and Clara Hughes was up the road. Yeah. And Voss had to chase the brake and and Evie just sat on Voss's wheel and then was <laughs> so obviously was fresher when they got to the middle. Yeah. That kind of stuff happens in the in the women's race. But the men's race, I guess because the teams are bigger and yeah. that kind of thing, it just doesn't have that drama. So I yeah. think a lot of a lot of um sort of men's race watchers are really kind of calling for ASO to move the finish. No! Which, which, again, I mean, it would be it would be good for the men's race, but not necessarily for the women's. Oh, but no, but you see, I think the, but the better way to finish the men's is to make it shorter. The be- you know, do you know what I mean? Like, if you want to make the men's race more interesting, make it shorter so they've got more energy for those attacks. Mm. Like like that, I think if you, flesh well on, I've, you know, when I went there with, um, I went uh, Carl Lima took me one year with high tech and so we saw it in the team car and there's no flat there was no flat in the women's course but the men have that long run in before they get to the to to Hui in the first place which is just dull and Mm. it starts with the most beautiful actually it starts from from beach these days doesn't it it used Mm. to start from Shalara which is the prettiest name sort of the most inappropriately pretty name for a city (laughs) ever because it's the oh dear <laughs> the biggest dump in Belgium, and there's, there's quite a few of them around there. Yeah. Um, but, it, but yeah, it, 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 I mean, the, yeah, men's races are that long by tradition, I guess. Yeah. yeah, but again, I mean, in terms of watching, in terms of watching the race, watching a race, it's not very spectator friendly. And you know, I get this. Like, I think Worlds last year was maybe put the kind of kibosh on my on my men's race love. I mean. <laughs> I mean, well, the Olympics, you know, the Olympics was a bit of a downer for me. Yeah. And, then, and then the, and then last year's men's world race, you know, just watching literally however many, seven hours, nine hours, I don't, it felt like I was watching that race for three days. And all I was doing is watching people crash and crash and crash and crash and pull out and just cry. And it, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't fun. No. It, it didn't, it just felt like I was watching some kind of, it's, it's a bit like, I don't like, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. You know, I don't like watching people have to eat kangaroo anus and, <laughs> and you know, I, I don't like watching, you know, torture programs. I just, I just don't, that's not fun uh, for me. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm too liberal, woolly hearted liberal. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's, you know, obviously the, the, you know, the women, Men's cycle sport has got its roots in the sort of you know the the Belle Epoque era of where everything you know I, I I almost wish I was born then apart from the sort of horrible curable diseases people used to die from, <laughs> but the, you know the the fact that everything was under you see pictures of people who rode the first tour de tours de France and it was just an adventure it was kind of like you know sort of yeah. you know the sort of you know the pioneer aviators like everything was <laughs> was was this big adventure so. You know, to race from Paris to Roubaix, you know, it was kind of, that's nearly 300 kilometres, that's incredible. And so, you know, so it, that was what it was all about, really, it was yeah. about the fact that you could, you could race these massive distances. 
Um, and that's kind of stuck a bit. And it's, um, it's almost, I don't know that they'd ever be able to get rid of that, really. And the yeah. men's side, whereas the ladies' side, you have to, you know, we'll let them race their bikes, but they're too delicate to do these off distances, <laughs> you know. Because, yeah, I mean, the equivalent women's, if, you know, you've got a 260k men's classic, and so, you know, obviously the weaker sex, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you, they should still be doing at least 175 kilometers or maybe even 200 well, this is for, the old. in Flanders to be, to be the equivalent. Yeah, yeah. But because it does, yeah, but it, you just get two different types of racing. Whereas the men's one, you get this sort of 200 kilometer sort of endurance event and then a race. <laughs> Whereas the women's event, you get a 120 kilometer race, don't you? There's yeah. a, it's, it's entirely different. And yeah, you're sort of poor fools sometimes for sitting there and watching the first 200K. Well, or, or like whenever you get a day off in the Tour de France, it's always a sprint stage where you <laughs> only need to watch the last, you know, 15 minutes, isn't yeah. it? And invariably the day yeah. that's like some mammoth, epic, beautiful Strade Bianchi stage yeah. and stuff like that is, is always the day that you're working. Well, for me anyway, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's so unfair. But yeah, um, <laughs> not the same bitter. Mm. But, um, I've, I found that page now. Oh, go it, on. Because it was hiding in the Cycling for All thing because oh, it's God. Philadelphia in a, an all-around cycling city. Anyway, first came the announcement of the elevation of status of the Philadelphia's Parks Casino Cycling Classic. I don't remember the announcement. No. Nope. The, the professional race, one of the few internationals offering equal prize purses to men and women, will now be part of, drum roll, the UCI Women's Professional Road Cycling Series. What? The 2015 rebranding of the World Cup Series. There you go. So they've they sort of snuck The UCI Women's Pro... Professional road, road cycling series. Cycling series. That trips off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, doesn't it? It's beautiful. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, the UCI Women's Pro World... I'm sorry, it's the World it's Cup for me. professional road cycling. I don't know if... I mean, I, wonder, I was looking at that and I was wondering... Because obviously at the moment it's... How many is it going to be? Is it nine races now? Nine yeah, one-day races. Nine. Yeah, I mean, it was still but, not 12 like it was back in the day. No. But, but in, the, in, you know, in the olden days, sort of, you know, 20... Oh God, how long ago was it now? Ten years ago, yeah. with the Men's World Cup, there were ten one-day races. It was the World Cup, and obviously you had the Tour de France, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And now they've got they got rid of the World Cup, and they've got the they have the Pro Tour. And now they've got the World Tour, which includes sort of most of the races that used to be in the World Cup. Mm. Obviously, a lot of them don't exist anymore. Plus the Tour, plus the you know the, the Giro, et cetera, et cetera. So I wonder if this, they've kind of done that to say, well, it's not necessarily all one-day races. Oh, but I don't. So. So, Maybe so they can, they're going to try oh. and sort of eke out the competition a bit to make it more of a world tour, and maybe sort of include races like the, the Giro in it or yeah. something. I mean, sometimes. I would, I would, I would like. I mean, you know, I have always wanted a women's world tour, and I want a women's pro level of teams, and I want, you know, I want, I just want there to be more, I guess, more depth. You know what I mean? To have more, more. I want there to be a two point two level race where, where only development teams can go do you yeah. know what I mean and and I want I want you know I don't much as I love Rabobank and specialized Lululemon Velocio 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 SRAM I still specialize Lululemon for another, yeah. another another month but I mean much much as I love them when those then when those kind of in, invariably in the Czech races which are the really good 2.2 development level races chances for people to shine you know while all the pro teams are racing in Luxembourg and stuff and then you get someone like Rabobank or Spec Lulu kind of rocking up and winning yeah, at the stage yeah. and having you know three of their riders on the podium i kind of feel like that's a bit unfair yeah i mean i was looking <laughs> there was the the stage races sort of post giro last year or the, or the august ones there was sort of a, there was one over here one over here one over here there were two three teams over there there were two three teams mm. over here 
and they, yeah, they should be racing against each other. You know, if we, especially you know, if we're looking to, we want to sell a product. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to hate the sort of the way they were trying to do this for the men's world tour and stuff, and sort of say, oh god, it's near. Um, but the, you know, we're we're trying to sort of say, you know, here here are some massive stars. Here's Marianne Voss. Here's Emma Johansson. Here's Evie Stevens. And you know, so why is Marianne Voss in this race and Evie Stevens in that yeah. race? And but I don't, I don't mind it occasionally. I mean, I do no, like, no, no. I do like, like for example, Tour de Lardèche and Bowles Rental Holland Ladies. Tour. <laughs> These name races with like a thousand names. Yeah. I, I like that. I like the fact, and I do like it when they split and like when it used to be the Giro Trentino and the Rabister Zoysia Islanden. Yeah. Well, they're different. Like, they're different sorts of races. Yeah. As well. And yeah, your flat, windy ones and your hilly ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because a climbers race. I mean, and part of the problem is we don't have climbers races anymore. And this is what's interesting about the USA races becoming UCI is we've suddenly doubled, you know, pretty much doubled our climbing races yeah. <laughs> by having the U- the USA races go, you know, go pro. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. And like Tour de Bretagne, I loved Audrey and. Elisa dominating mm-hmm. that because I like Audrey and Elisa but again in my head that should be a you know that should be a development level race mm. or a 2.1 yeah, where, yeah. More, where more big teams come yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I think you know again I know I, I again back to the, the men's world tour I really disliked a lot of the sort of you know the if you're in this team then you have to ride all these races because you know, they're still the sponsors are still very regional, and so mm. because the French teams never bothered to ride the Giro because the sponsors didn't care. Yeah, but now they have to, and I used to hate that. But I sort of think that maybe that's a way that we need to go with the women's peloton, in that you basically would have like obviously the World Cup, and you'd have you know things like the Giro and stuff, and there'd be this top level race, and you say, well, all the big teams, you want to be a proper team, a proper professional team, then you've got to go these races. Oh, but that's interesting because. Um, but then you can't go to these, like you say, the two point twos. Yeah, you know, the top, the top professional team has got no right, no, you know, there's got no sort of place being at a, a little race like a two point two. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and and I think I mean this is the thing, isn't it? Is if you have a pro team layer, you can do that sort of thing. And I think people mm-hmm. go, yeah, actually, this race is about developing stars of the future, and yeah. this race is about. I mean, in the same way as like Omelette Noiseblad, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? It's like nine rider teams, and mm. and they like have every club team who applies gets to race it, and you know, and, and one of the big dangers of Omelette is that you're going to get taken out by some poor woman who's never ridden in a bunch that size, and and mm. and gets a bit overexcited. You know, when they have so many crashes in the neutral zone, for example. Yeah. I mean, that's not that's not, and it's what you know, first race of the season, so everyone's a bit antsy anyway. It, yeah, it, yeah. And and it's awful. We hear about that every year. I mean, you know, you see some of the USA riders and literally their first experience of the Euro Peloton is in Omloop. (laughs) And yeah, and it's just, you know, and you've crashed seven times and you've probably been pulled out of the race with, you know, halfway through because, you know, the the front, there's a bunch at the head, which has got Emma Johansson and Tiff Cromwell and Elisa in it. Mm. (laughs) It's not, it's not good. It's not a good introduction. And, and that would be, yeah. I don't know. It's it's exciting next year. I mean, having a women's Strade Bianchi. Oh man, that's good. Oh, it's going to be so. And they're so looking forward to that one. Yeah, and and you know, Philly Classic being a oh god, a women's professional road cycling series mm. race. Yeah. <laughs> I don't World think... Cup. I just think World Cup is such a good brand. It, it's yeah, a brand I... across cycling. Mm. And and people and understand. Everybody, yeah, you say something's the World Cup, and everybody knows what it is. Don't yeah, you? yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, like people talk about, you know, the British. I I still don't know the difference between the British National Road Series and the National Team Series. 
Like, I just can't yeah. get my head around it. <laughs> and why do we have two? What? I don't understand. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think if you're trying to make it easier for out, I mean, I guess what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it sound a little bit more analogous to the men's. Mm. But, you know, the men are running off with this VLON thing. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought was quite interesting in that it was making it, you know, the boys, the boys club was very definitely saying we are a boys club, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I guess when you've got someone like Vortas involved in it, you can't help that, can you? But, <laughs> but you know, v, this VLON thing, we're going to make cycling profitable, but only for men. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think they'd necessarily be against including the women if the women were profitable. Well, um, you know, if, if, they, if, they, if they saw the profit there, then they'd include yes. it. Yeah, most of those teams would have women's teams if it was worth, well, you know, if they thought it was worth their while. But do you think, I, see, I don't think that's, I mean, I think that's really interesting because what does make cycling profitable? I mean, when you see the crowds at the Friends Life Women's Tour, for example, and the, mm. the and the viewing figures on the TV for the Friends Life Women's Tour, and the viewing figures for the Twitter stream, and how much time it was accessed, and you know, Strava getting more than their money's worth. Yeah, I mean, that was genius. When when Mari- having Mariana Voss log her rides on Strava for the Women's Tour, <laughs> nicking everybody's KOMs. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Twitter absolutely full of the the men. Oh my God! I, you know, I've been fighting with my Dumb rival girl. for ten years, and now Mariana Voss has slaughtered my KOM, and it wasn't even an important part of the race. Oh God! <laughs> that was, you know, that in terms of. You know that just and the fact that that kept you know popped up on the news and stuff like that yeah. you know because I mean that was just like congratulations Strava that was a good move. Yeah, well, this is something. I mean, it's something. There's something that Ned Bolting was talking about a long time ago actually about because he'd just been to the women's tour and he yeah I think he was blown away a bit and I think he's you know he I mean he's the, he's the first to admit that he, going in he wasn't much of an expert on the women's peloton yeah. and things didn't know much about women's racing and he, he was blown away by the the racing and the event etc um but he was talking about the fact that you know the women's tour was a race on its own yeah you know it wasn't it wasn't on the morning of the tour of britain it was you know run by the tour of britain organizers separately on its own and it you know it kind of you know it stood up there on its own and you know, <laughs> did quite well on its own and it and he was saying that 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 sort of contrasted with things like Flesh and Flanders, where they're held on the same day. And he said it's you know the, that you know, we, it's better to do it the women's tour way than the Flanders way because they kind of just get missed and they get like they're a sideshow and they you know mm. and I, it's a it's a sort of interesting kind of it's an interesting sort of question about whether or not you know whether it's best to do one or the other. Mm. And I think, you know, I, I think to a certain extent it's, you know, we we want both, don't we? Yeah, yes. I, but, mean, so I, I like I like Flesh and Flanders being on mm. the same day and I like it's better for the crowds. Yeah. You know, if you're standing on the murder hui, having having right races coming past you five times is better yeah. than having it once three or, two, three or two, yeah. twice or three times. And the same for Flanders, isn't it? Yeah. If you're standing on the Mur Gerardsbergen or, yeah. or whatever, then, yeah, then you want to see that, don't you? Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's like I was saying about the cyclocross in the you know in in Flanders in uh, and and flesh and things. A few years ago, the only people on the moor were the ones who'd got there early for the men. Mm. Was I was there? I forget which year it was. The last time I actually stood on the moor, and I said to this guy, "If you don't mind, I'd, can I come to the front for a bit? I'm only here for the women's race." And he said, "Yeah, so am I." <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and he was a Swedish guy who was. You know, he wasn't Swedish, but he was a big. He was a big Johansson fan. Yeah. So he, you know, it was like, my God, you know, somebody. 
just sort of looking up the road and I noticed there were other people were kind of there to cheer on the women as well. So, yeah, I think, you know, whether, whether or not they, I mean, you'd get the, you'd get the same people would come to watch the women's race, but they, you know, you got the sort of casual fan who goes, Oh, a race. Yeah. Yeah. Because they've come for another one and they, they watch this one too. Um, and they kind of learn from it and, and will be interested maybe next time and things. Mm. Um, but if, you know, if you, if you held it on its own, then you'd only get the, the actual fans coming. Yeah. But also, you know, would you be able to get the sort of Kerensburg and closed down for the, and the moor and, and things on that sort of, you know, just, just for a girls race, you know, um, at this stage, it probably costs a lot of money. So, yeah. But then you know, you either, you either sort of piggyback the men. Yeah. At least for you know, maybe for now, maybe in the future we won't need they won't need to. Yeah. Or, or do you kind of just have a little crit somewhere? Yeah. You know, because you can't afford to to pay for the road closures on such sort of prestigious places. Well, this is the weird thing about the tour of uh, tour of California, isn't it? I mean, the big criticism about their um, their their invitational time trial, where the reason that they can't have a full time trial is because it you know because their priority is the the um the paid for people riding the time trial course. Yeah, you know, and and that's why they can't show us on TV and this, that, and the other, and that's why they can't have more than you know eighteen riders or something, mm. and that's that's interesting. But but I guess there's the three models, isn't there? Because you've got your flesh and Flanders, and then you've got your American racers, which managed perfectly well to have you know to have both you know same same day same course, mm. same literally same course, and then you've got your places like Plouë, where it's almost like world champs, isn't it? Where you've got yeah. a weekend of racing and you go for the whole weekend and. And the women are on one day, and the men are on the other, and they've got tons and tons and tons of races in between. And that's that's also one of the things that I think. Well, if you're going to go to Plouay, which I've even no, I still don't know where it is, Britannia somewhere, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Brittany. I, I, but in in a kind of completely inaccessible part of Brittany, I don't know. My you know, most of Brittany is pretty inaccessible. Actually. Yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah, drive, so I'm I'm yeah. limited to where I can. So Belgium's fabulous. You can get there everywhere by yeah. public transport in Belgium. <laughs> We'll get you there one day. It's fantastic. So it's, when they go, where? Okay, right. If you were going to recommend to people where would which races to go to next year, where should they go? Oh dear, not um, all of them, Ben. You're not allowed to say all of them. Well, obviously Flanders. Yeah, because you know, because well, you again, you got the sporting thing on the day before, and you got the men's race and the women's race. Yeah. Um, I mean, by the same token, probably Flash as well. Although that's hard, harder to get to, isn't it? Um, but. Um, Oh, yeah, I mean, the Giro is a fantastic event to be at. Mm-hmm. But um, isn't it a bitch to get around? Isn't it like, like you know, you spend a lot of time transferring? Yeah, I mean, you do with any any sort of major stage race, I yeah. think. A lot, a lot of them anyway. Um, I mean, I didn't get to the women's store this year, so I'd heartily recommend that I got, got to it this time. I went to it, and um, it was wonderful. And I'm going to I'm going to be there again next year. I'm going to Energy Water this year as well, which ends on the, the German island of Bochum. Ooh. And so they they take they've chartered a special ferry that'll take the riders over to this this mad beautiful island on the north of well basically it's 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 the a German island <laughs> and they're going to race around this island that looks like nothing but wind and nature reserves and seafront. Oh, yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Where else? Um, I, I I went to Flesh and I loved it. I went to Elsie Jacobs and that was a beautiful race and super super easy. And they have a randonnée the day before yeah. the race starts and it's all very accessible by train so I vote for Elsie Jacobs because the, also the waffles were brilliant oh yeah and the beer was nice <laughs> where else yeah I think I think the Trofeo Binder as well that's, oh, I, I mean, want to go there I mean any I mean you probably almost pick a World Cup 
Well, they're possibly not Chongming, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, Binder's, I mean, it's a beautiful part of Italy anyway. And the, the, the organisers, I mean, they only, well, they don't only do women's racing, but the whole thing is just all about the Women's World Cup race. Yeah. Oh! The organisation is fantastic. Oh. Where the guys, hmm, what, what? The, they've, got, they've, got a, they've got the only UCI, junior, UCI ranked junior women's race. Their, their junior race, the um, Trofeo Alfredo Moreno. No, hmm. I've got that wrong. Um, no, something there is a junior Trofe- race, isn't it? Trofeo da Moreno. Yeah, that's mm. they, they have that junior race set on the same course, and that's yeah. going to be UCI ranked this year. Wow! Which is just in, it was incredible enough anyway. Watching Amelie Diederikson win this year, mm. but you know, because you're a junior work woman, and you've you've been able to watch them riding over that ridiculous final circuit, mm. and then you get to race it yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then you get to go and watch the elites, elites, elites racing it afterwards. And yeah. this year it's going to have UCI points. Oh, brilliant! So yeah, so yeah. Binder, first, Binder. First year I went to that was the Marina Romoli won the uh, the junior race actually. Oh, Marina. The year that Puli won the World Cup. Oh, yeah. Marina. Drenta, would you have you been to Drenta? What's that? I like? have been to Drenta. Drenta is a funny old one. It's it's the hardest bit of Europe to get to. I think Drenta. Um, the only way I could get there really was to just drive the whole way. <laughs> but um, again, I mean, it's one of those things that, that the organisers are so enthusiastic, so kind of so, you know, they're not professionals because they don't do it for a living, but they do such a professional job with this event. You know, they've got, and again, it's, it's three races in this weekend, isn't it? And there's also mm-hmm. an under 23 men's race there as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, that's a fantastic thing to be. I mean, it, the only thing about the, the the it's not tremendously inspiring countryside. You know, obviously the only hill is that big pile of rubbish with turf on the top. Yeah, the um, man-made. Let's make the, let's build a hill out of landfill. Yeah. But the, I mean, the cobbles are the cobbles are nasty actually in Drenthe. They're really kind of you know they, they're not you know the square blocks that they have in Flanders. They're just little sort of stones that are sort of vaguely ranged together. They're horrible things. Yeah. Did um, they? I, this year they got. I thought this year when they, when people were calling them sexist because you know Drenta they give they give those prizes don't they they're oh. just like randomly sourced from the local <laughs> hardware shop yeah. and they got called terribly sexist because one of the prizes oh. was a toaster and one of them was a vacuum cleaner and the boys mm. get and, and the year before I think um, Megan Garnier's husband Billy had said yeah the year before everyone got curling irons and a barbecue so it's you know it's just like what they've it decided is, yeah. to give away like the boys get curling irons too and the girls. Well, I said at the time if if you object to the prizes then you're very welcome to provide some yourself yeah um do you think that was cultural differences do you think that a toaster means something different in america i don't don't know i think it's all it's so everything i mean everything on the internet is taken out of context isn't it particularly on twitter and you know you nobody saw the men's podium which which had very similar stuff yeah it's the same sponsors providing prizes and you know so if i won a vacuum cleaner i'd be quite happy about it you know i think you know Paul Stolman's um, have got a team house that needs hoovering. You know, I, I don't. I mean, I'm sure Lizzie Armstead isn't the one pushing it around the team house, but it's Richie Steeg, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Richie, he's such a god. No, but I, you know, I think that's the interesting thing, isn't it? I think that in in I can't a the last race I can imagine being a sexist is Drenta, but maybe Binder. But but like B, I think that they're so beyond sexism that they just see like a toaster and a Hoover or something anyone would use. Like toaster. like everyone yeah. likes toast. It's a prize that's worth fifty euros. <laughs> it's more than more than you get in a lot of races, isn't it? You know, it's, where, where I, I, it is a funny old yeah, it's a funny old thing. But it, you know, again, it's you know context, which people don't see when they just see a hundred and forty word character snidey remark. Yeah, yeah, and you know people who like to get. I mean. 
I don't know. It's a bit like there, there's. I mean, I am I am very quick to call sexism. I can't. I you know obviously mm. I am. Um, you know, uh, I am I am a professional Twitterati after all. But I yeah, this year has been quite odd. You know, some of the things that people get outraged about have been mm. have have surprised me somewhat. And yeah, but anyway, what other races? I love Turingen. Have you been to Turingen? I've not been to Turingen. Yeah, actually, <gasps> no. We should go to Turingen. Yeah, it's so nice. I love Germany. Actually, I love, absolutely adore <sighs> Germany. Don't you? It's it's such a nice part of Germany as well. People were so friendly, mm-hmm. like just really, really, really nice. And you stay in one hotel. Yeah, that's always good on a tour. Yeah, and we could get we could probably get press. You know, I bet they I bet they I bet they'd let us stay there. It would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and 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 be and do Turingen. Where else Where else would you recommend people? Oh, I don't know. well, I mean, on the same the same uh, vein, I I reckon Sparkas and Giro, which is um um. Yeah, another German one. I, I forget the name of the town. It's Bochum. Okay, you know, it's yes, another Bochum, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. But again, I didn't go to that one this year either, which is a shame because, again, I absolutely love Germany. So, um, okay, I mean, I guess, I mean, any of the World Cups, they've all got such massive sort of organization compared to the others. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, again, I mean, Plouet is a weekend, you know. Yeah. If, if you'd like men's cycling too, then, you know, then Plouet's cool. Um, yeah. Because you know, you, I mean, the last time I went there, I basically left the evening after the women's race, which was kind of <laughs> there's a race tomorrow too, you know. But, um, <laughs> to men race bikes. <laughs> yeah, but nobody, you know, I was there with the UCI doing the World Cup race, and so nobody yeah. was paying for my hotel. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean that one. And I actually, on that on that note, I mean back to, to Flanders. If you do the Flanders thing, stick around for the Monday because Dottigny's twenty kilometers away, and it's the next month, the next day. Yeah, and you get a lot of smaller teams, but a lot of the people that raced yesterday are racing today, kind of thing. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Another part of that. Which, which haven't you gone to that you'd like to go to? <sighs> Good question. I've, I, again, I've been to most of the World Cups now. Um, I never, I never went to Nuremberg, which has always, always annoyed me. So I was a bit disappointed not to go to Sparkas, and I think that's. Um, Again, I mean, I'd like to go to the Giro again, just because of the size of it, because mm. you know, because it's because it's the biggest stage race. Um, I guess that's probably it. Yeah, they're just those ones. And just, again, I mean, the women's tour. I was quite disappointed to only get to that this year. So, you know, just I'd like to see some more challenging terrain. But I think they were very wise with the terrain they chose, just to not blow the peloton apart every day. Yeah, and I think that's also to do with um, to do with like you know road closures as well. Like when yeah. guy, guy was when I interviewed Guy earlier in the year, he was saying, well, you know, if we have mountain top finishers, it's another hour to close the road and yeah. la la la. But I think also it was super clever. You know, we've got to go back this year to the same part of the world because just to say thank you because you know yes. places places that like Northampton and. Northampton and Leicestershire and Bury that, that Be- Be- sorry it's not Bury it's Bury <laughs> Bury St Edmunds um, that, that took a chance on them they deserve yeah. the reward don't it, they of of coming back but yeah, yeah I well, mean again, that's, it's like I was saying earlier on about the, the people sort of almost seem surprised that it was a success you think I think you know obviously with, with any with any sporting event with you know, so from the London Marathon to you know a sportive race or whatever there's always some bloke that will write to the local paper two weeks later about not being able to get out of his drive. <laughs> but basically, everybody else in the world will go, oh my God, there's a sporting event on, especially if it's a free one, like a road yeah. race. 
and they they just you know they just come and see and obviously you know you, you turn up with a sort of bunch of Olympic stars like like Voss and like the Wiggle Honda girls and stuff and then you know every, who wouldn't you know just think oh no it's a free it's a free sport you mean I can't be bothered with that yeah you know, or, and people always seem just oh my god people don't mind that we're we're doing this it's like well they, they don't mind because they love it yeah I mean Milton Milton Keynes ten pounds to get in free for children under twelve. Tons of freebies, like you know, if, if your kids like freebies, you know the cowbells and the stickers and the, mm. you know, little bits and bit little bits and bobs you could pick up in them in the middle, and they can run around from one part of the course to the other course. You can keep an eye on them while they, yeah. I mean, it's just it's the perfect. And you know, as an adult, the freets and the beer and the freets mm. and the beer and the you know and and lots and lots of big screens so you could you know watch it everywhere. It's like. Why not? This is this is awesome. It's, yeah. it's why I like the World Cups and World Champs. You know, circuit races are so so cool for for that sort of thing, aren't they? Like, mm. you know, you can you can watch a lot of you can watch the race unfold. Oh, one final question before mm. I wrap this up. Richard Fries's commentary on the <laughs> course. Richard Fries, for people who don't know, he commentates. What is his role? He's he's the he's the in person commentator, American for I don't know yeah. lots of big UCI races. Most of them now, I think. I don't understand. The, the two, did, did you have him? Did you have his commentary down your end of the course? Oh, yes. Yes, we had a big speaker. Yeah, because we had the two things I heard him say. He described Alan Van Loy as the ageing wonder. <laughs> he described, I think, I don't know if it's Katie Antonou, as the little badger. And I looked at, and I looked across at the guys on the other side of the court, at the, at the spectators on the side, and we just met, met each other's eyes and we're just like, oh, my God. And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Van Loy is two years younger than Katie Compton as well. I don't think he didn't say anything about that. The aging, but... no, no, because obviously <laughs> Katie Compton was going to win, wasn't she? Because it's American, talking about Americans. Sorry, Americans. But the worst thing I ever heard him say was in, um, well, in, in Copenhagen, he did actually say, oh, the humanity. <laughs> <laughs> but he also described the break as there's one guy out the road. He's like Osama bin Laden in his cave. <laughs> and the break and the chasers are right, Navy SEALs gunning him down. <laughs> yeah. Um if, No, I I mean I remember the first time I heard him was I was watching one of those sort of webcammy things yeah. from the American Nationals a few years ago. And you could just you could almost sort of mute your computer and still hear him from you know. <laughs> But um Yeah, it it I guess, you know, it's He's an American-style announcer, I guess, isn't he? I mean, we we don't get to many American re- events and stuff, so we don't really hear what American-style no, announcers are like. but actually, also, also real Americans. I when we were at Copenhagen, there was me and Jens, who's Swedish, to mm. with um, Jim, Jim and Jim and his wife, and Jim was just cringing. And every time he said something really awful, me and Jens were just making American jokes, and Jim was like, "No, they're not all Americans. <laughs> he doesn't represent us. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh well." Thank you so much for talking to me. That's been a lot. And um, yeah, let's let's hear. So anyone anyone who wants to find you, where are you on Twitter, Ben? I'm Ben Atkins, all one word, underscore UK. Ben Atkins underscore UK on Twitter, and they can if they read Peloton magazine, you might be in there. And if they read anything on the Wiggle Honda website, you've probably read it, written it. Yeah, well, but, I mean, Bart's doing a series of things at the moment. Bart Hausen, who's the sort of he's the team's content manager, or whatever. <laughs> Um, and, and, the, and the photographer um, 
uh, he's doing a lot of uh, features about the riders and stuff at the moment. But basically, anything that's on there that goes out to the press is me. So yeah, so you can follow Ben that way, and of course, we'll put li- I'll put links to things on my site, prowomenscycling.com. And I really want to thank my Patreon supporters who are basically funding me to do this kind of thing. So if you want to have a look at that, it's www.patreon.com/womenscycling. And yes, I'll be back very soon. Thank you very much for your time, Ben.